Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, sis. Welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Join the Girl Goodnight gang. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and the Girl Goodnight Land Facebook group. Visit our new website and complete the form to be our next featured author. The Girl Goodnight store is open, and we have the perfect gifts for you and your loved ones. Browse our selections. Link in description. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girls, share the show and show us some love with the five-star rating and review. Harley Ray resides in Baltimore, Maryland, a hidden oasis of art and culture. She has been writing since she was old enough to firmly grasp a pencil between her thumb and pointer finger. A millennial influenced by the 90s era that brought us some of the greatest love stories like Kim Folks, Blues Dancing, and Rooms of the Heart, she considers herself a culture-fed romantic. On her ninth birthday, she sat alone in her bedroom furnished with only two bunk beds and two four-drawer dressers, reading a gifted copy of Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, her pages only illuminated by the tiny stream of light from the street lamp outside of her window. She was amazed at how full of life the words on the page were, how they danced around in her mind, stirring up emotions of insecurity, complacency, and self-contempt that lay dormant even in her tiny nine-year-old capsule of repressed memory. At that moment, she realized the healing power of literature. She vowed to one day usher Black women, much like herself, with no prominent place in the world, into a place of loving, holy That mission stuck with her throughout her educational pursuits. It's what landed her at Coppin State University, where she obtained a Bachelor of Arts in English with a concentration in creative writing and a minor in African-American studies. Since graduating, her time has been divided between teaching pre-K literacy, writing Black romance novels, and hand-making candles and teas that center the Black romance reader's experience. As a Black romance author of over 15 books and an avid reader of the genre, she has cultivated a deep commitment to breaking literary boundaries and obliterating genre norms by telling stories that fuse romance and reality to demystify the stereotypes surrounding Black love. An early oeuvre of love stories written as an ode to the lover in you, her work speaks your deepest thoughts, fulfills your wildest fantasies, and echoes your quietest vibrations. They never thought they'd be here. This was a crossroad neither of them wanted to face, but they were there. How they got there was one for the ages, but how they decided to move forward was entirely up to them. Follow childhood best friends, Jace Collins and Ember Hughes, as they navigate adulthood and friendships, even when the scales are tipped. Now, close your eyes. Take a deep breath and sleep 
in melanated peace. Chapter 4, Ember. Love had me looking foolish walking through Baltimore Washington International Airport. I just left there less than four hours ago and I was back on my way to where I came from. I couldn't believe I let him make me look so fucking stupid. Sure, I knew he was a dog-ass nigga. He had been for much of our lives, but I thought he would be different with me. I thought all the history we had would make him want to do better by me and for my heart. But no, instead, he had me looking foolish. I dropped over $600 to get a flight there and back to Atlanta just to surprise him because I thought he was missing me how I was missing him. My legs wouldn't stop shaking as I texted Lisa while waiting for the attendant to announce that my flight was boarding. He FaceTimed me three times and left essay link texts, but I wasn't trying to hear or read any of the bullshit reasons he was stringed together to make me understand why he felt the need to bend Princess over his desk and drill her like a Baltimore City pothole. There was no reason. There was no explanation. He did what he did because he was and would forever be a hoe. Some dogs couldn't be retrained, no matter how much time, attention, and playtime you gave them. They were just community strays running up in whatever back door was left open. As soon as I got cozy in my seat, I popped one of the volumes he had given me that I never really cared to take. My nerves were all over the place, and it had nothing to do with the flight. I was visibly pissed, and nothing I tried to do would help me get myself back to normal. My legs shook. I was sweating. My eyes were red from all the crying I did in the back of the Uber ride. I looked pitiful. I didn't resemble the boss-ass bitch that dominated courtrooms. I looked like the broken girl who just had her heart ripped out her chest and hacked with a serrated knife by the one man she thought would never break her. Everything hurt. My head, my eyes, my feet, and my heart. I was in pain both physically and mentally, and I couldn't wait to be back in my Airbnb pouring my heart out to Lisa. Sleep and being above the clouds helped me to gain some perspective. Just like every other time, I had to rise above the bullshit and keep my eyes and mind on the goal. I had a job to do, and the second my feet touched down Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, I was back to myself. Jace was at the back of my mind for the time being, and the only man on my mind was Christopher K. Colbreth, the man I was trying to get out of prison. Lisa and Detective Young were waiting for me when I got outside to the arrival area. I laughed because I knew they were both ready to hit some club. This was the sixth case we worked with Special Agent Taylor Young on the last four years. He was a detective for the FBI, and oftentimes the DOJ paired the three of us to do high-profile cases. Together, we were a dream team or a nightmare. It all depended on what side of the law you were on. We brought down two drug cartels, one sex trafficking ring, and got a conviction with a hate crime statute for the murder of a slain unarmed black girl by a white cop. He was cool, too. We were all used to being away from home and made sure to find time to unwind after being wound so tight for the types of cases we investigated and prosecuted. Our jobs weren't easy, and many people in our line of work wound up eating a gun or dying from accidental drug overdoses. Whenever we worked together, we made sure to keep each other grounded. We prayed together before cases, celebrated wins, and debriefed after every one of them. First round's on me. Lisa said, pulling me into the biggest hug. And I got round two, Taylor said, joining in on the hug. Um, make that rounds two and three, because you look like you could use it. Laughing, I followed them to the rental. We decided to go to Boogaloo Restaurant and Lounge for dinner and drinks. It was well after 10, and I hadn't eaten anything since before I left for the airport. 
I tossed back shot after shot. Every time I closed my eyes and saw him ramming into her, I took a shot. I wanted to drink until the images were burned from my memory. But after 12 shots, it wasn't working. I couldn't get those images off my mind. Jace had really done me like that. He really played in my face with the next bitch, his ex-bitch. He really had me thinking we were solid. He had me planning my forever with him and was still knighting every bitch with a coochie like he had some kind of royal rod. Whoa now, you might want to slow your roll. We want you to be coherent enough for trial on Monday. At this rate, you'll be sleeping till Wednesday, Lisa said, taking my 16th shot from my lips before I had a chance to throw my head back. She knew I was feeling dejected. I felt stupid, embarrassed, and like the biggest fool in Baltimore City. Everybody knew the Collins brothers were fucking community penis. It wasn't a secret. And though nobody knew we were together, I still felt like the whole city would be laughing in my face when I got back. Princess wasn't quiet about her dirt. She pillow talked, and I was sure half our hood probably already knew what happened. Jace, call me. You can't try the rest of your case to the best of your ability if you pissed at me. Ember, fuck you. You don't give a damn about my case or me. I powered my phone off and went back to talking with Lisa and Taylor. They were just what I needed. Taylor didn't know why I was in a shitty mood, but he did his best to get me back on track. They knew I would spend all of Sunday in bed with my glasses at the brim of my nose like this day never happened. But they let me get fucked up. They let me dance on tables, climb in strangers' laps, and swing with them like I dated them for years. It felt good to let my hair down. My stress levels were already through the roof, and Jace had just added on three more tears. I went home to relieve the sexual tension that I carried around for the past six days, only to return with even more tension. The next day, I didn't wake up until well after five. My head was pounding. I needed to get some food in me and look over the reports and witness log that the defense had submitted to make sure we hadn't overlooked anything. Making my way to the kitchen for a glass of water, I almost jumped out of my skin. Taylor was coming out of the bathroom in nothing but a pair of sweats. Jesus, Taylor, I didn't know you were still here. You didn't know I was here. You were out of it when we brought you in last night. Where's Lisa? She went to meet some dude for dinner and drinks. She asked me to come over so you weren't by yourself when you finally woke up. She said you'd be all anxious and shit. Well, consider me still fucking scared. You scared the fuck out of me. Why don't you have any lights on? Migraines. Darkness is better for them. I see. You want some food? I'm starving. Sure. As I rummaged through the little bit of groceries we put in the house so we wouldn't have to eat out our entire time there... I found enough groceries to make steaks and Caesar salad. Taylor leaned against the counter the entire time I cooked. He looked fucking good after I'd gotten over the initial shock of him scaring the shit out of me. I don't think I ever actually looked at him as a man. He was always my colleague, which automatically made him off limits to me. I never wanted to blur a professional line. It complicated things and involved way too many people. Our entire team and our reputation could be ruined behind some simple pleasure that didn't work out how we wanted. Didn't know you could cook. That's because I really can't. I have about five or six dishes that I can prepare with my eyes closed. Everything else, I either follow a recipe to a tea or order out and just plate it. Still beats most of the women I date. Shit, most of the women in my family too. 
I grew up with chefs and maids, so I don't think any of them can really cook. I wouldn't want to live like that. Bet you never even had a cup of noodles before, have you? And a hookup is definitely a delicacy to you. Oh, what? I know the perfect meal to make. I season the steaks and put them on the George Foreman grill before combing all of the ingredients for the salad into a big bowl and putting it back in the fridge. Then I got some packs of chicken flavored oodles or noodles, garlic, Parmesan cheese, mozzarella cheese, heavy whipping cream, and the shrimp I was about to make skewers. He was about to experience what the hood version of fine dining was. We talked as I prepared our food. Taylor had grown up in a completely different life as me, but we ultimately had similar experiences. Being Black connected us in a lot of traumatic ways, and it was crazy how pay grades and class level did nothing to protect us against the brutalities of being Black in America. If he never told me he came from money, I would have never known. He always seemed like he was from some hood in America, but I later discovered he was more of an Aaron Garnett, longing for a place to belong in the world. He was too woke for his classmates and too privileged for the Black children he encountered when he visited family. Bon appetit, I said as I slid the plate in front of him and laughed. Okay, what am I about to eat? This, my friend, is fine dining by way of down the hill. That's my hood back home. You have the best cut of steak ever known to man, prepared the only way you should ever eat steak. Well fucking done. This is our version of Alfredo, made with ramen, homemade Alfredo sauce, and topped with a few shrimp prepared with the secret ingredient to make any seafood dish a thousand times better. Obey. He laughed as she said his grace and dug in. So, what do you think? This shit slaps. Now you can tell your peeps you had a hookup. As we ate, I looked at him differently. It could have been the wine that we were enjoying with our hood meal. It could have been the fact that I was trying to think about anything besides Jace, Balls Deep, and Princess. Or it could be that he was actually fine and interesting, and I never paid him any mind because I never really spent time with him alone. I didn't know what it was, but he looked fucking good sitting across from me, and it had been damn near two whole weeks since I had anything between my knees besides my fingers on the nights Jason and I got a couple of minutes of FaceTime sex in before we went to bed. You know, you're pretty cool, young. Please, call me Taylor. We're not working. Taylor, you're pretty cool. I always thought you were a gump, I said as I cleared my plate and started cleaning the dishes. And I always thought you were a prude. So now that we both know we were wrong, what are we going to do? He asked as he dropped his plate into the sink. He lingered behind me and I could feel his print on my ass. The shit was long and thick and I imagined he knew what to do with it. I could think of a few things, but they'd all involve crossing a line we wouldn't be able to come back from. I don't see a line. I just see two people attracted to each other with nothing but space and opportunity. He said as he spun me around. My breath set in my lungs as he ran his hand up my thigh. His hands were soft and it felt like I was being caressed by an angel. He leaned in and I closed my eyes because I was against kissing anyone I wasn't in a relationship with. But I would have let him tongue me down just to see if his lips were as soft as his hands. But his lips never met mine. Instead, his tongue trailed down my neck until he was at my collarbone. 
Using the hand he didn't have on my thigh, he pulled my camisole and bra strap down, exposing my breasts. Taking my nipple into his mouth, I released all the air I had been holding in. His lips were so damn soft. They felt like pillows against my skin. I knew I'd probably regret every second of this when we were done, but I wanted to see what he could do. I wanted to see if he could swirl his tongue around my clit the way he circled it around my nipple. Dropping the dishcloth in the sink, I grabbed his hand and led him back to the room I had been occupying. Knowing Lisa, she'd be returning early in the morning and head to court, and I didn't want to chance it or be interrupted. Once there, I pulled his sweats down and smiled as his dick sprang up from his shorts. It was pretty, a few shades darker than copper and the smoothest tip I'd ever seen. The shit needed to be put on a pedestal and on display at a museum because it was glorious. I licked my lips as I sat on the bed and pulled him down beside me. I could tell he was letting me take the lead and I didn't have one problem with that. He lifted my shirt and bra over my head and caressed my breasts while he took turns kissing and sucking. The massage was much appreciated, but I wanted the dick. I didn't want to make love. I wanted him to fuck me until I forgot what Jace smelled like. I wanted him to use his dick as a lightsaber and make me the sight of princesses' sex faces with one stroke. And the second he laid me back and got between my knees, I knew he was going to do that for me. He massaged the tip on my clit until I was sloshing wet. My mind was gone, and all I saw were stars the second he started pushing his way inside me. He had length, he had wit, and he knew exactly what the fuck to do with it. But as he fucked me dizzy, my mind still found its way to Jace. I imagined what he would do if the tables were turned, and I was the one sprawled across the desk with another man's pole in my vagina. Then I cringed, and tears began to roll down my eyes. By the time I registered what I was doing, we were both reaching our peak. Revenge fucking was not what I thought it would be. It was physically satisfying, but mentally torturing. It didn't make me feel better. It actually made me feel even worse. Taylor could sense my hesitation afterwards, and I could tell he felt bad. He probably thought he was wrong for taking advantage of me while I was vulnerable, but that was far from the case. I used him. I used him to bring me instant gratification, and it failed miserably. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. That was unexpected. He said in an attempt to gauge where I was mentally. It was fucking amazing, but unexpected. I said, reassuring him that he did everything right. Well, we have an early day tomorrow, so I'm going to turn in. Confusion settled in, and I didn't know how to put him out. I didn't want to be rude or dismissive, but I needed to be alone. I needed to do a bit of soul searching because this wasn't me. I was never the revenge fuck girl. I never even went on rebound dates. As a person who believed in soul ties and energy transference, I always tried to wait until I had purified my soul and pussy before getting in bed with anyone else. Jace had me in a bad space. 
even miles away, he had me doing things that were out of the norm for me. And I needed to gain my bearings before I obliterated our case. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Good luck if I don't get a chance to talk to you before the trial starts. Good night. All night after I had cleaned up the kitchen, I thought about Jace. I wondered how the gala went. I wondered if they met their fundraising goal. He wouldn't seem to get out of my thoughts. I wanted to talk to somebody, but there was no one I could think about that would be unbiased. He was who I went to when I needed an unbiased opinion. He was who I confided in when I did stupid shit out of anger, like fucking Taylor to get back at him, but I couldn't. Everyone I knew, he knew. They all wanted us to be together. They all wanted us to work, so I knew they'd tell me to forgive him and move on. I had to figure this out on my own. After two long weeks, we were done. We'd done what we came there to do. We won the case. The original conviction was overturned, and a 26-year-old black man was coming home after spending the first eight years of adulthood in a federal prison for something he didn't do. Those corrupt cops were going to jail for the rest of their natural-born lives for a laundry list of charges, including murder, corruption, and falsified police reports. I should have been happy, but I wasn't. I was screaming on the inside because I couldn't talk to the one person who told me I could do it. The one person who dropped everything he was doing to make sure I got to Atlanta with a sound mind had hurt me so bad, I couldn't bring myself to hear his voice. Instead of going out to celebrate like I usually did, I went back to the house and began packing. The department was paying for us to go home Tuesday morning, but I needed to get out of Atlanta before sunset. It would be a full moon and I needed to be on the rooftop of my apartment building with my charging plate and crystals. I needed all the cleansing I could get. Flying from Atlanta to Baltimore had become such a routine flight for me. I packed light every time and easily went through security checks with my government clearance. I was home before I had a chance to hit send on my text to Lisa and Taylor. By the time she replied, ordering me to let her know the moment I got in my apartment, I was sticking my key in Jace's door. I didn't know what washed over me when I smelled that familiar smell of polluted air. Every city had pollution, but it was something about my city that made me want to inhale the biggest whiff when I came through the harbor tunnel and was back in my neck of the woods. The second I did, I wanted to be in his presence. But instead of rushing up to hear him feed me lies, I went to my own apartment to drop off my stuff and collect all my crystals for charging. As much as I wanted him, I needed to begin my healing process. It was the only way I would be able to make a sound decision with unclouded discernment. I wanted to inhale his scent and curse his ass to the high heavens before falling in his arms and telling him how bad he hurt me. But when I got there, he wasn't there. I sighed heavily as I made my way to his room. It looked untouched, like the same way it was when I left. Nova came from the back when I walked back out of his room. She must have been asleep in his office because she usually met me at the door whenever she heard me turn the key. Hey, Nova. Hey, girl. I missed you. Why you didn't bite that bitch when your daddy brought her up in here, huh? I laughed as she licked my face. After feeding her and making myself a sandwich, I went into his office. It was still a mess, like he hadn't ventured in there since I caught him with his pants down. Deciding that I needed to do something, I started cleaning up the mess. As I sat in the middle of his floor, tears just fell like rain from the sky. I knew I wasn't leaving him. And that shit pissed me off even more. I dropped men for far less, but he had a different kind of hold on me. 
So I opened the Amazon app and ordered him a new desk, chair, and sofa. There was no way I was going to look at that furniture. Once I felt a little better, I locked up and curled up on the couch with Nova. Before I knew it, I was out. Yo, M, open the fucking door. M, M. I woke up to the sound of Jay screaming at me through the door. My back was killing me from sleeping awkwardly on the couch with Nova. She was big now and took up a lot more space than she did when she was a puppy. Ignoring him, I snatched my AirPods off the table and pushed them into my ears. Switching the settings to noise cancellation, I turned on my saved YouTube playlist that contained 18 hours of Tibetan singing bowls. I needed to drown him out and go back to sleep. I knew I was being an asshole for locking him out of his own place, but his house is where I felt the safest. So he'd have to find somewhere else to rest his head until I felt like letting him in. He had tainted our love nest with his urges and he needed to feel the sting of his wound. I felt it every second I closed my eyes and that image popped back up. Until I no longer felt it, he had to feel it too. Jace. Ember had really locked me out of my own apartment. It had been two weeks since she walked in on me and Princess and she hadn't spoken a word to me yet. Every time I stopped by my apartment, the chain was still on the door. Even Nova growled whenever she smelled me at the door. I laughed because I always told her Nova was really her dog. She rolled for her harder than she ever did me, and this incident was evidence. I could have easily broke the chain off the door, but if she was at my place, she wasn't leaving me. I knew she was pissed at me, and she deserved to be. I was prepared to give her all the space she needed before we talked. In the meantime, I just crashed at her place. Claiming my apartment as her war grounds didn't stop me from working. In fact, it made me realize just how much we'd unknowingly been grooming ourselves for one another. Our offices were nearly identical, aside from her many crystals and plants and all the light pouring in from the sheer curtains. We shared the same storage cloud for our files to save money, so I had access to all my files from her computer and she could access her stuff from mine. The more time I spent at her place, the more I saw why my female friends felt threatened by her. They saw something I never did. I trusted her with everything. My secrets, my fears, my hurt, everything. She could have easily ran off with my identity if she wanted to because there was literally nothing about me she didn't have access to. So she basically just put you at your own apartment? Jacob laughed as we pulled up at the restaurant. We spent the day in D.C. visiting colleges with Jacoby. It felt good to get out of the city and hang with my brothers. We didn't do that nearly as much since Jacob started his private practice. He had a full patient load, and it seemed like one was always dealing with some kind of health crisis. But he was on vacation, and we were using it to see where Jacoby's head was as far as his future was concerned. Neither of us pushed college on him, but when he mentioned it, we went all in making sure he would make an informed decision about where he went. He came from an HBCU family. Both our parents went to MSU, Amber and I went to WVSU, and Jacob went to TSU. So he wanted to continue that tradition while still staying close to home. Get us a table. I'll be in once I find a park. The second I went in, my blood boiled over. Amber had been ignoring me for weeks, but she sat smiling from ear to ear with some blue-collar clown. Jacob blew out a breath as he touched my shoulder, reminding me where we were. He knew how I was and how quickly things could have escalated. I was glad Jacoby had been busy with school and sports because he hadn't had time to be all up in my mix. 
so he was still oblivious to anything that was going on with me and Ember. As we waited for our table, I looked at her. She looked good enough to eat in one sitting without coming up for a drink. My mind went red as I thought about how long they may have been dating and how far they'd gotten. I felt myself getting territorial, but I knew Jacob would stop me if I even thought about going over there. So I stooped low and did something I would have otherwise never done. I put Jacoby in the middle. Hey y'all, ain't that him? I asked casually. Jacob gave me a dirty look before confirming. Jacoby's eyes lit up. He still hadn't gotten a chance to thank her in person for his birthday gift, so he took this as the perfect opportunity. I was happy because I got to size up the competition without looking thirsty, even though I was. I was parched for her, and she wasn't giving me one drop of her attention, and I was drowning. Ember? Her name left my lips like I was asking a million-dollar question. Her glass of red wine was just at her lips as I watched her squirm around at the sound of my voice. I probably was the last person she thought she'd see on a date all the way in D.C. She swallowed hard, and I watched her mentally prepare herself to respond. Hey, what are you doing here? She asked me. She finally looked up at me and stared me down as I looked between her and the dude she sat across from. Up close, he didn't look like much of the square I imagined he was. She rolled her eyes as she registered my jealousy. I knew I didn't have any right being jealous, but I still was. Ember was mine, and even though I did something stupid, she wasn't supposed to give up on me that easily. Me and Jacob are taking Jacoby on a college tour. Decided to grab some grub before we hit our last spot. You? I knew I put her on the spot, and I wanted to see how she played it. I knew she was on a date, but I needed her to say it instead of making me wonder. Sis, what up, Em? Jacoby said as he threw his arms around her the second his loud ass made it all the way to us. As always, he cut tension and made room for love and laughs. You could definitely tell he spent a lot of time around her. She rubbed off on him. That light she possessed, she passed to him like a baton in a race. What up, baby bro? How you like D.C.? She went back to ignoring me and engaged in conversation with Jacoby like I was an idle piece of furniture. It's cool. Still don't know if I want to be up here for school. I want to go to an HBCU. I can vibe with this for real, though. You know, I always like go-go and shit. Plus, I fucks with Wale and they have Stadium Nightclub and Rose Bar. What's up? I'm Jacoby, Ember's little brother from another. He extended his hand to the guy. Ember realized she'd been having a discussion with Jacoby and hadn't introduced her date. She took another sip of her wine before making the introduction. Still, she didn't look my way or even introduce me. My patience was wearing thin, and I wanted to snatch her up, take her to a secluded corner, and force her to talk to me. But I knew none of that was going to go over easy with Jacob. He sat at our table watching the entire interaction. If it was one thing he always taught me, it was to never discuss family business in public and never cause a scene. We got enough negative attention as is and didn't need to add to it when we didn't absolutely have to. Well, I'll leave y'all to y'all meal. I said, excusing myself and Jacoby. Okay, she said without even looking my way. Oh, and Jacoby, everything you said were all the wrong reasons to pick a school. You adapt well in any social setting. Make sure it's somewhere where you'll adapt academically and mentally. Come by the apartment one day next week. I'm on vacation for the next three weeks. We can tour a different city every weekend if you want. I chuckled. 
She had let me know her entire schedule without saying a word to me. I guess she wanted me to take that as notice that she would probably be in my apartment for the duration of that vacation. She had lost her mind if she thought I was staying out of my spot for another three weeks. Ember had a mean streak and could hold a grudge, but I knew how to break that shit down like some cheap-ass weed. My presence was too potent for her not to cave eventually, and my dick was addictive. She needed a dose sooner or later. Are you still up? Girl, good night. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.